Welcome back to the Flushman Dustin podcast. We have Tyler here, Nick, the champ, who oh, shit. he competed in a CrossFit competition this past weekend, and him and his partner won it. So, man, you gotta gotta give him some cheering on that, right? Come on, <laughs> give it up, yeah. shit. All right, all right, all right. So, but. The main guest tonight is Matthew Puckett out of Texas. So super happy to have him on. Uh, he's got some good stories. We were talking before the, the podcast, and he's got some, some good shit to bring up tonight. Um, so, Matthew. What's going Matt, on, guys? However you want. Uh, either one. You either, either way. I've been called worse. Either way. <laughs> I bet. So, uh, yeah, give yourself an introduction, <laughs> and uh, we'll take it from there. My name is uh, Matthew Puckett. Uh, I currently live in Oklahoma. I am from Texas. Um, and I thought you were—I thought you were Puckett from Nantucket. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. Not that I know of. Uh, so, uh, no, I'm—I'm. I'm, I guess I'm kind of known as the guy that got all of his stuff and 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 dogs stolen. Now, at this point, that's about it. Were you famous before then? You know, no, definitely not. And if I was, it was for <laughs> all the wrong reasons. Yeah, that's usually what we're famous for too. <laughs> so, how long you been? Uh, how long you been running bird dogs? Uh, I, you know, I got my first dog in 2007 when I was a uh, a senior in high school. Um, I had a uh, a friend from church. Uh, they had a they had a litter of uh, German short hairs, and I got my first dog then, and uh, have been at it ever since. Did you get him baptized? No thought about it you know she loved to swim but no I, not that i know of. Never, never did that. that's a good idea i probably should have done that got the demons out uh, yeah so you were we were talking before the the podcast you have um obviously you're running multiple dogs and you got four pointers yep I have. correct and uh you got a britney as well yep um so give the give the lowdown what what brought you to the to the pointer world and What's up with just the one Brittany? All right, so I had short hairs, um, and then uh, I had, I had, I was I was brought up on Brittany's. Um, when I was uh, when I was a kid, a, another guy in our church had nothing but Brittany's, and he's the one that kind of got me. His name is Davy Smith, and he's the one that kind of got me into bird dogs. I love to hunt and I love dogs, and then you combine the two, and and following a bird dog was was a whole lot more fun than than sitting in a deer stand to me. Um, so when I got old enough to get my own dog, Same. uh, yeah, when I got old enough to get my own dog, um, you know, I, I, I got a German short hair and then in about 2013 or 14, I got connected with, uh, Ronnie Smith kennels with Ronnie and Susanna there in Oklahoma. And, uh, they nice. had some fantastic Britneys. Um, I ended up, uh, I ended up getting one and he was, he was awesome. His name was Merle. And, uh, sadly he got, he got hit by a car at a pretty young age and Ooh. passed away, uh. but I went right back to him and, uh, they had a, a repeat breeding out of this, out of the, out of the same breeding that they had. Um, and I got, I got Tonto. Um, and then, uh, I had, uh, come across some pointers that I really liked and, and so, you know, loaded up on some pointers and uh, still got still got Tonto Man. He's five. He'll be six in March. Golly, time goes fast. So he'll be six in March. And, uh, you know, so running running a little bit of both. I Overall, as a breed, I think I prefer pointers. But, um, 
if you were to ask me the best dog on my string, it would it would it would be Tonto. Yeah, you were when we were talking on the phone earlier, uh, just going over everything. You were you were saying how, and you can talk about obviously your dogs and your side by side getting stolen. We'll bring that up. And you were saying that if uh, if you didn't get Tonto back, you were going to burn down the whole state. Yeah, yeah. To get him back. Yeah, yeah. I was texting a few people, and obviously you want all the dogs back safe and and healthy and and sound. But that particular dog, if, if that one didn't come back, it it uh, yeah, it wasn't going to be good. Yeah. So how did that, how'd that go down? So, kind of the... uh, all right. So we, we were headed to Arizona, me and, uh, my buddy, Philip Webster and, uh, Sammy Davidson, we were all headed to, to Arizona for the first time and we we're going to hunt desert quail. And we decided to, uh, to break up the drive a little bit and stop in, uh, we were going to stop in El Paso, but decided that that wasn't probably a good idea. So, we had an even better idea that we were going to stay in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Um, and so we, uh, we stopped and, and stayed there. Um, we, uh, pulled, we, we got our rooms at the hotel, fed the dogs, and uh, went to dinner. Uh, came back, let everybody kind of air out a little bit, and uh, you know, parked the truck in a trailer uh, in a pretty secure spot, or what we thought was a uh, pretty secure spot. And then uh, went inside, and went to bed, and uh, those the, those two guys that I was with are a little bit older, and so they like to wake up at like four thirty or five o'clock for fun, and uh, I I don't do that, especially on a hunting trip for no reason. So uh, we decided seven thirty uh, breakfast time, and at six forty five they're pounding on my door, and I'm thinking those guys are just going to go get coffee or something. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep in a little bit more, so. Uh, I, I was messing with them. I kind of ignored them. And then they started blowing my phone up. And finally I answered and Sammy said, uh, Matthew, uh, somebody stole the, uh, the buggy off the back of the trailer. And, uh, Sammy, you thought they were shit. They, you thought they were joking. Oh, didn't you? absolutely, man. You know, like <laughs> I would have too. Sammy's I would have too. pretty straight laced. And so I never thought, you know, he, he's pretty straight laced, but I, I thought they were joking for sure. And yep. I said, uh, I was like, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'll, I'll be out of bed in a little bit. And uh, Sammy said, no, I, I'm, I'm not kidding with you. Like, it's they really stole it. And uh, I was like, yeah, all right, Sammy. Well, I'll, uh, I'll be out there as soon as I can. And uh, it was Philip's voice in the background. And Philip said, uh, I could just tell by his inflection and tone of voice, which Philip would have called. Philip is the guy that he would joke like that. And uh, Philip was like, no, no, your, your dogs are gone. And I could tell by the inflection in his voice that he was really serious. Jesus. And uh, I jumped out of bed, put clothes on, ran outside the front door, and looked to the right there where we had everything parked in the in the uh, the, the front parking lot there, and it was it was absolutely gone. Um, there's there's not a whole lot that can prepare you for for that moment where it it really was gone. <laughs> the feeling is start. How are you feeling at this point? Uh, are you pissed? Are you scared? Man, were you, what, like what? What was what was the emotions? Like I don't even like I don't even shock. know what I'd be feeling at this pure, point. Pure pure yeah. shock, absolute shock. Like when you look on the in Philip, it was Philip's trailer. It was Philip's truck trailer in his side by side. And when I looked and it was gone, I mean, there is absolutely nothing that prepares you for that moment. I I mean, the fact that you're just staring at the trailer and this entire really nice side by side that he had put a lot of accessories on he had done a lot of work on had a 
really nice six hole dog box on the back. Um, which, you know, we only took that thing for two reasons. One, because between the three of us, we have too many dogs to haul all at once. And then, uh, two, once we got there, we kind of wanted to park, uh, kind of pull off and park and then back that thing off and take it down all the gravel roads and really get back into some areas that, that other people typically wouldn't get into and hunt. We had done the same thing, uh, in Wyoming. And it worked awesome for us. And so we just said, hey, let's just run it back and, and do it in uh, in Arizona. And so I was in shock. I ran down to the room, went inside, and they're both sitting uh, They're both sitting on their hotel beds. And they're both in shock. And they've already called the police. And, I mean, I'm stunned. And I'm like, we like we got to figure, like, what, what are we going to do? And then Sammy said, uh, he said, well, Philip has that GPS on his on his uh on his mule he's had one on the mule and one on the trailer itself and uh he said we're we're trying to get a ping to uh figure out where where exactly this thing is and uh you know i said i told philip i said you know philip said well it pinged at 5 30 about three miles north of here in a field and i said well we're not waiting on the cops let's just drop this thing and let's just go out there and so we went outside we we all dropped the trailer and poor Sammy sat on that trailer all day long. And, uh, you know, we, we, me and Philip took off and went to that and it was just an empty field and, uh, there were four wheeler tracks all in it. Uh, you know, somebody had driven a side by side through it, um, done yep. some donuts and, um, we spent the better part of that day scouring that entire area around there to see if we could, if we could see it. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was it was a living nightmare. I mean, it was one of those things where the you know the police officers met us out there in that field, and they're they're you know they're trying to help us, and you know there's there's really not a lot that they could do according to them, and so we're we're you're in you're stunned the whole time. Like my dogs are gone. You know, I've got so then you you, dogs and three of them were on there, and Philip had six dogs on the trip, and he had three of them on there. Paid a guy claiming that he had. He knew your side by side of that, or your dogs. Yeah. You paid him what seven hundred and fifty bucks. Yep. yep. So we we looked the entire. How did how did you find this guy's number? He just texted you. No, know, he he found somebody on one of the uh, Las Cruces. Uh, we had a bunch of friends posting in a different a whole bunch of different uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico Facebook pages, and uh, yeah. he found one of our friends that were on there and said, "I've got information. Uh, one of you guys needs to call me." So Philip and I looked Dang. all day long in every single backyard house shop the whole nine yards we looked everywhere sammy sat on the trailer all day long worried sick and uh it was it i don't know it was probably about five o'clock that that he uh that guy had messaged us and so um you know which we call i called bs on it from the beginning because that guy said you know he said uh he said no i i've i've got your stuff and i said man i i we i talked to the guy on the phone and I said, man, I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, you know, I just Googled your area code and it shows Laredo, Texas. I said, you know, this thing's blown up <laughs> on Facebook. How do I know you're not lying to me? Just try to get money out of me. And uh, he said, he he literally sent us a picture of the side-by-side. Like he texted a picture of us to it, of it. Yeah. Yeah, so Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And how far away was it from your hotel? So he sent us for, after we paid him, he sent us 14 miles south, which was not accurate. Um, 
sheriffs beat us. I bet you were like, what the fuck oh, at that point? Dude, the sheriffs beat us Hate down him. there, and they they knocked open these people's gates, and they're shining their flashlights everywhere, banging on the front door, and they're, you know, they're, they're freaking out. Uh, it was an older couple that had no idea what was going on. Uh, went back to the hotel. We were pretty, pretty, you know, we were, we were at a pretty low point mentally. Uh, and then we're sitting there eating spaghetti in the hotel lobby. And Philip says, he's, he looks up from his phone and he said, boys, I've got, I've got a new ping. So, uh, we talked about it and had we gone there that night, we were worried that it was actually in somebody's backyard or shop or something and we weren't going to be able to see it. And you can't shine, yeah. you know, go out there shining a whole bunch of flashlights. You know, you get the yep. you get the police involved, and they show up, and you know, you get a police presence out there, and then that really spooks the uh, spooks the people that have it, and then they can move it again. So it was the longest night of my life. I think I finally laid down around one thirty, and uh, didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Was up at five thirty, and uh, we went out there, told the Told the sheriff where to meet us at seven o'clock. They were not there. Uh, we decided to go ahead and go in on our own. And I think by like seven o five, we had found it. Damn. Jesus. Yeah, that's freaking wild, man. Dogs all good. Yeah, yeah. Saw it across Thirst, the desert. Probably thirsty as hell. Uh, yeah, thirty six hours in the box and uh, went kind of running oh, across oh. the desert. What were the temps at? You know, I you think remember? I think the temps were only mid forties. Which, uh, so not like that's a good thing for him. No, yeah. no, it, it wasn't. And you know, I had I had texted uh, I had texted some people, and I I asked my friend Ronnie Smith. I said, you know, how long do these dogs? How long do these dogs have inside the box? You know, like how long how long do they have without food, water, or anything? And he said, you yeah. got three, maybe four days with with good temps. And so, uh, yeah, you were pushing them. Yeah, so we were at thirty six <laughs> hours, and we got to them, and um ran up and started checking all the dog holes and checking everybody. And they were, they were all right. We started letting them out one by one, you know, all their dog boxes were still locked. And so we unlocked all of yep. them, started pulling them out and, uh, and giving them water. And they all drank about half a bowl of water and kind of shook off and looked at, you know, looked at us like, man, where, where have you guys been? <laughs> yeah. Like we just went for the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've had a tour of, uh, of of Mexico over here. What is going on? Yeah. So, <laughs> what they so what they all take off the the side by side? So just they jacked up Phillips' uh, ignition on it. They they took the ignition all the way out to hotwire it, which uh, yeah. we all learned that none of us know how to hotwire that thing back again to see if we can get it to run because we could. <laughs> um, they I dusted up some of the gas uh, the gas lines on it. I think they they either ran it out of gas or siphoned all the gas out of it, which. Siphoning the gas out doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us because I, there had to have been. I mean, that thing. My my Can Am has a ten gallon tank, so say his is eight to ten gallons. There could have only been four gallons worth in there, right? But they siphoned yeah. all the gas out. Uh, they popped all the latches on on uh, all the storage bins on there. Um, they took his uh, they took his kit to change out tires and uh, you know all you know that kind of stuff. They took my shotgun. Um, they took my shotgun out of there, and then they took. I think they took like Phillips dog boots. He had some new dog boots in there, and they took all of our shells out and and just a whole bunch of miscellaneous stuff. They, I had a, a Wingworks vest on there that they 
they tipped over and dumped everything out. They took my Leathermans out of there and that kind of stuff. But they left the vest and they left the dog. I had a bunch of dog bowls on there that they left and I had a leather lanyard that they left on there and then a whole bag of uh, Purina Pro Plan that they left. So they left that stuff and took, <laughs> took everything else that they that they could off of it. Oh, and they, they took all of his lights off of it, cut all the wires, took the speakers off of it. Um, they broke the winch when they when they actually took it. So, um, you know, they, they, Man. they got what they, God, they, they got what they wanted. Number, didn't they? Yeah. Well, we, yeah. we couldn't believe he's got really nice rims and tires on that thing. He took it down to ranch armor just south of San Antonio. And, um, he's got a nice lift kit on it. Nice front bumper on it. Uh, custom roof. I mean, he, he did. If you know, if you ever meet Philip Webster, this guy, if he's going to do something, he goes all in and he does right. And they yep. really didn't touch any of that stuff. And I couldn't I, – I looked at Philip hmm. and I said, I can't believe the rims and tires are still on this thing. But yeah. they, they were. That's freaking wild. That'd yeah. be like – I mean, in some places you see cars jacked up on, you know, <laughs> on jacks and people take the rims right off of them. Well, the sheriff told you us know, when, so we, when we found it, the sheriff told us, he said, uh, man, he said, I, I've been doing this for 23 years in Las Cruces. I've never seen one of these things found like this. He said, typically, uh, they, you know, they, they, he said, first off, they spray paint them a completely different color. They oh, spray yeah. paint the whole thing. Um, yeah. And then they, uh, you know, he said, we find it like four or five months later in somebody's backyard while we're serving a warrant for something completely unrelated. And we find, you know, we have to check the VIN number. So, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's crazy. You get, Man, you get in some of those like search warrants with, uh, just gonna say like meth users and whatnot that are just high in the theft. God, sometimes you got onto those and it's like it would take you forever to document all the stolen stuff from different cases because it's like, oh, and they just have freaking everything. Somebody told it's... me not to. I forgot who told me this. But they said not too long ago they a guy had a uh, he stole a Harley. He disassembled it, took it inside of his house, and reassembled it in his, for the most part, in his in his bedroom. And the cops like served this warrant. And there was a freaking Harley in his bedroom that he had reassembled it. So I mean, Jeez. it's stuff like that. And the whole time, man, you're sick to your stomach because you're worried. You know, are they just gonna? You know, these guys are they just, just gonna shoot yeah, your dogs? Or, gonna, yeah. My worst yeah. fear was. Hey man, they're gonna have, eat them. Yeah, we, we have this whole thing, and uh, I don't want to deal with the dogs. Let's just stick a pistol in there. Let's shoot them. Be done with it. Or you know, most most of them that they have stolen in Las Cruces, they have just popped the latches and, and popped the locks and just turned them loose and, and let them out. Let them go somewhere around town so the, or in the desert. So the sheriff said, like this has happened multiple times. Like people getting their oh dude, their dogs the, stolen. The night, or... the night that we were there. Man, they took, uh, there was, I think, four or four or six cars stolen that same night out of various Jesus. parking lots or homes. Since then, Jesus. I'm still on all the lost, I've, I've been on all the lost Crucis pages, and now it's kind of like a, a, it's, you just can't stop watching it because of all the stuff that happened. <laughs> Dude, I sent a picture to Philip and Sam the other day. They stole an entire crane off of a job site. Like a crane, what? a legitimate crane. They stole a crane off of a job site, and so I, oh my I sent him a snap. I sent him a screenshot of this, and I, I, <laughs> I was like, 
we're child's play at this point. You're still in crane, yeah. like entire. These guys are professionals. Oh my god, cranes off of job sites. Like this is nothing. Like, what are they gonna do with that shit? Like, I don't know what. That's what I sell today. You know, like, like you, I'm you just gonna say? go down the interstate. Put it on market for like Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Like, hey, I've got this crane for sale. I just took it off of a job site. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you do with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I don't think cranes probably have them, but. Like construction equipment, they have those super expensive GPS units on them. Yeah, yeah, which, that people can take off and they can sell those for, you know, I don't a know, really good amount. They, but it's like it was gone. What do they even saying? It's like, what do you even have to be able to steal a train? <laughs> yeah, like what kind of truck and trailer do you I, have? Dude, you, I don't you bring it in a boulder. I don't know. It was crazy. It was like, hey, this crane got stolen off of such and such, such and such road, <laughs> and I was like, dude, like I, I was like laughing when I saw it. I was like. It took an entire crane. Like, what do you even do? Yeah. What do you even do about like Bravo? How do you, like, how do you, even, I mean, how do you even plan? That? How do you even plan to take that? <laughs> exactly. Like, geez, it's like, it's like the Italian job. Yeah, no, it, that's exactly what it was. Man, so do they? Uh, so I'd say, are you? Would you go back there to Las Cruces? Would you stay in that? Yeah, would you stay in that town again? I and would, bird hunting no, around? Absolutely not. No, negative. Uh, <laughs> I have some friends that live in Lovington, New Mexico. And they've got uh, they've got a really nice house. He's he's like the CEO of, of one of the co-ops out there. They're great people. Nice. They've got they've got a they've got uh, ten acres. It's completely fenced, two locked gates, and everything. And I'm like, that's the only place in New Mexico that I'm staying from now on. With with yeah, they... it will be a one day drive to Arizona from Texas from now on. I can assure you that. <laughs> was it a uh, was there decent? Is there decent hunting around? Well, Las Cruces, uh, I know know some guys that have hunted around there. I mean, we went and had dinner, and it was some of the best Mexican food we had had in a while. Like, all three of us really enjoyed it. It was a great place. And now Philip and Sammy talking to those guys, they're like, I can't believe it didn't get get stolen at the restaurant because that was way easier than the hotel that they stole it from. I mean, they drove it off, off the trailer with no ramps. There was a really high curb they drove it over. Um, they drove it through a really low hanging tree and then over two boulders that I, I never thought that they could get it over. And you're yeah. just not as good a driver as they are. Yeah, yeah, shoot. <laughs> I was talking to a buddy and he goes, well, it's really easy when you don't give a crap. So you just drive over the boulders. Yeah. If it high centers, you just jump off and run. If it breaks, run. you just jump off and run. If not, you have this thing that you can take apart and sell. Jeez, man. Where's, where is that? Located like Las Cruces according is, to the border. Las Cruces is just uh, northwest of El Paso. Okay, so uh, it's it's a few so miles. It's south. a few miles off the border, but yeah. I mean, it didn't stop me from stopping a border patrol agent in, in a parking lot. And uh, Philip and I were there, and I was like, "Man, just be honest with me. Is this thing in Mexico?" And uh, he said, "Man, what these guys drive stealing it?" He said, "If they." You know, if they stole it and they loaded it on one of their trailers and they they try to take this thing across the border, they're like, we're going to see that. We're going to flag it. We're going to pull them over and ask for some information on it. He said, so this yeah. thing is probably still in New Mexico. Jesus that's just, Christ. That'd be just wild living in that. Oh, dude. Or being like an officer down there, maybe. Oh, oh those God, guys, you know, know can... they told us, the the officer that had been in for 23 years, he said, man, when this state went blue, he said, our our hands are really tied on a lot of things. And so, you know, no, getting, getting. No. <laughs> Probably no funding. Yeah. No, well, so I told him, I said, man, we're going to Arizona. And we're getting even closer to the border in Arizona, like literally hunting all, like, 
we went to Arizona. We were so close that I, I looked down at my GPS and, and I actually had Tonto on the ground and he was literally in Mexico. I'm like, Hey, you got to come back on, on this side. Like it's one thing yeah. to, to poach off of like on private land, but you're in a whole nother country, <laughs> man. You got to get back over here. Yep. Um, and he told us, he said, man, Arizona, uh, Arizona's law enforcement and border patrol is incredibly stronger than what we've got here. He said, they've got, you know, four or five times the amount. And we had talked to people that had just been there and they said that they felt safe the whole time. Um, you know, and while we were there, we didn't see uh, we didn't see anybody crossing the border. Didn't see any illegals, nothing like that. Um, we did see uh, border patrol agents all over the place down there, and I, I felt far safer and more secure in uh, in Arizona than I did in New Mexico. Yeah do you do you carry a pistol or anything when you're hunting in the desert that close to the border? Typically, typically I do that this trip. I actually did not have my, my pistol with me, which for several reasons, I, I regretted that. Um, but, um, there, man, I don't know. I just, I felt, I felt safe. I felt fine. Uh, I know one of my buddies, Randy Schultz, uh, he was hunting down there a few years ago, went out and did this big loop, came back to the truck and there was an illegal waiting there. And, he had come across the border with some other guys and they had, they had left him in the middle of the night. He was thirsty and hungry. And, uh, Randy gave him some water and some food and gave him his phone. The guy called his wife and he asked which way Mexico was. And Randy was like that way. And <laughs> he started walking. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. That'd be <laughs> the desert's gotta be interesting down there. Like, do you ever run across any old, I found, camps where people... I found one old, uh, like, little campsite deal where, you know, so you could tell somebody had a fire going down in a, in a draw. We were looking for Merns, and you could tell yeah. that, that somebody had had a fire probably within the last month. But that that was really it. I didn't see any trash. I know other people that have come across a lot of stuff. There's guys, you know, I was only there for a week. Um, well, not even a week at that point. But I know a lot of guys that hunt down there quite frequently. They could probably tell you more stories than I could about that, but... Just wild. I saw. I went down to uh, to the King Ranch a few years ago, um, and I saw far, far more illegals down there in South Texas than I did in Arizona. Huh? That is just freaking. It's just interesting. Like in, it, in South Texas, is. we saw groups of thirty sitting on the side of the road. They were just handcuffed and ready to put on on buses or or vans and take them. Really? Yeah, it was God, that. That's just... That was that was a little wild. I'll, I'll be honest. That was. I got yeah. down there and I was like, "Whoa, we're we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto." Yeah, no. That's just so not. weird coming. You know, like uh, up here, you know, you don't see any of yeah that type of. Yeah. You see the stuff action. on the news, and it's like, oh, yeah, you like believe it, but no, you know, no, it's it's, it's not it's the real deal. It's the real deal. Yeah. South Texas was that was an eye opening experience. Uh, New Mexico was an eye opening. Arizona felt safer. It may have just been the day, time, and place. There may be. It may not be a great area that we hunted in, but where we were, it was beautiful. There was border patrol agents down there. We saw sheriffs, and and we didn't see any illegals. Yeah, man, that is just it's just an interesting, just an interesting situation to be in. And oh, I know a lot of guys that hunt that, that <laughs> died down in South Texas, and they've got problems with trucks and stuff getting broke into on certain ranches. It's it's a real problem. It's not a joke. Yeah. So do you? Do you normally travel with side by sides and so trailers and whatnot? We've got 
me and Philip are on a lease in West Texas. Uh, we've got twenty thousand acres leased out there for for Bob White's. Um, so only twenty. Oh shit! Well, nice. That's only half the ranch. Actually, <laughs> it's Texas. Really? It's Texas. There's a, a lot everything's of, bigger in yeah, Texas, yeah, right? Yeah, there's a lot more land to be had, a lot more, a lot more uh, bigger, larger ranches out there. So, um, yeah, no, we do have a, a lease out there, and we take the side by sides out there. Um, we have hunted in Wyoming and we took them there and that, that worked out perfectly. You know, you just find like kind of a central parking spot, um, back up in some hills, some mountains, you back those side by sides off and you can take them down the two track roads. You have to stay on the roads on the lease. We can hunt off of them, which is pretty custom. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, but out there, you know, we, we took them, um, I mean, way back in some areas that a lot of guys would not get in in a truck. And therefore, most of those times, those birds have not been hunted, have never seen another hunter or a dog or anything like that. So that was the reason we took uh, we took it to New Mexico and Wyoming. Um, I, we hunted north uh, this season with Philip and Sammy, and we took the side-by-side there, knowing we probably wouldn't use it. But again, on that trip, I think we took 20 dogs, and so we had to have some way Jesus. in some way. Calling them. Yeah, we've got a bit of a problem. I took, six, yeah, I took six, and I think Philip took eight, and Sammy took six. So, how long are these trips that you guys normally go on? Uh, somewhere we leave and come back within, I don't know, somewhere around nine, ten days. Yeah, uh, yeah, anywhere from seven to ten days, really. It's a good trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do more than typically more than one a year? You just, I typically do two. Or, typically do two or three a year. Um. Uh, we, we went up north this year and then went to Arizona, but um, in the past, I've done South Dakota twice a year uh, and then gone to New Mexico. I've done Montana, South Dakota, and then again, gone to New Mexico, um, Kansas. So it, it just kind of depends on where, where all we're going to go. Yeah, it depends. No, if, the more birds that we have at our lease, you know, back in the you know, 2015, 16, 17, when the bird numbers were good, on the lease in West Texas, uh, my best day, we did 42 cubbies of Bob Whites. And so, one day? yeah, one day in, in one day <laughs> in one day. And what's the limits in Texas? Uh, Obviously bigger. There's, well, there's, there's 15, but funny enough, uh, me and my buddy that were hunting it that day, um, we decided to, to, to stop shooting birds after I think our fourth or fifth bird, because it was slowing us down and we wanted to see how many cubbies we could find. Um, you know, getting the retreat in yeah. in a day. I did 42 coveys in a day. Yeah. How long were you out there, like, all day? That was an eight-hour eight hunt. Man, that's crazy, though. In 40, 42, so and you're seeing birds looking every... back, I only had two dogs. I only had a, an older short hair at that time that was a bird finder, but, um, you know, she was getting a little bit older at that point, and I think I had a five-month-old puppy that I think found, like, seven or eight of those coveys. It was Merle, the dog that passed away, but... With the strip. was that before oh, GPS? The, no, no, it was right as the Alpha had come out. It was, the, I think, the actual year the Alpha came out is what we did. Did, did you have it? Yeah, yeah. At that point, do you do you remember like how many miles by chance you walked, or how many miles the dogs did? Uh, the dogs, you know, we were rotating them so often. So when you're hunting, off, yeah. So out there at the lease, we're hunting off the side-by-sides, which it, it, it allows you to do more than obviously you would on foot. Cause you're, you're able just to drive across this huge ranch, um, and roll fresh dogs out. When they get tired, you water yep. them, you put them up and you roll more fresh dogs out and you just keep going. Um, so that's, that's really what, 
what allowed us to to do that you know yeah are you are you like on, on that are you kind of just let the dogs go and you just sit on the side by side and wait for them to go on no we, point and then you kind of drive we up pick, or you actually... so what we do is if the wind's coming from the north we go to one of the, the south portions of the ranch and we turn dogs loose and we drive we literally only drive two or three miles an hour through the ranch going north and then if the wind's coming from the south we start north you know that that's the benefit of it is that you can you can run dogs into the wind the entire time you know if you have to park a truck then you know you can circle out and circle back around but there's only there's only you can only get the wind in your favor half the time this the, uh, how the hell how the hell did you come across the lease down there? <laughs> yeah, man i got involved in uh in nastra and uh which I, I don't run anymore but i i did back then in 2011 and a buddy of mine named dustin nelson um he invited me out there i think in 2014 when quail started to make a little bit of a comeback went out there yep. and, and ran dogs with them and i was like this is incredible and then uh, fifteen, sixteen was even better. I mean, it was it was crazy. We'd get back, and if somebody only found fifteen cubbies in a day, you were like, well, "What are you doing? Are you even running dogs out there? What are you doing?" <laughs> and it was like guys were finding twenty eight cubbies, thirty two cubbies, and a lot of guys can tell you, you know, in Texas, I I never before that I never thought that I would see those numbers. You know, I knew I always got to hear of the glory days of the eighties and nineties where those guys were finding that, but I never thought that I would live through it. And then I did out there, and uh, it was it was incredible. Opened up your opened up the old checkbook and said, "Well, how much?" Yeah, do you need? yeah. <laughs> Which that's still a lot of fun to pay every year, but you know now the birds are are back down. Hey. It's a little humbling, but it's a great spot. We've got three houses to stay in on the lease, and uh, oh man, you know that's it's awesome. a, we got an awesome little grill out there. We can all sit out there and talk about the day's hunt and run dogs, and you know the rancher basically. Um, has two rules. You shoot every coyote and hog that you see. Yeah. Do they have a pretty bad hog problem where you're at? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the most that we've killed in one day, I think we killed like, I don't know, 15 or 16 in one day. Do, do you, can you kill them with a, with birdshot or what? Do you have a, oh, like a no. rifle All they the, carry with you? Most of the guys carry ARs with them. Yeah, they must be pretty damn close to killing with no, a bird you know, shot. There was, so there was the most interesting time out there. Uh, it was me and me and Dustin and uh, we're out there and I had uh, a pointer named Sergeant, which is probably the nicest. I, uh, he's in, he was an incredible bird dog and he had Phoebe and they're both on point. And so um, Garmin shows where they're on point. We're both walking up and Dustin's behind me. And uh, I could see Phoebe was right in front of me, and I look, and I could actually see the covey of Bob Whites. And uh, I'm looking at them, and both the dog's eyes are kind of going from the birds and then looking up, the birds and looking up. And I followed their eyes, and I looked up, and there were probably 30 pigs right in front of me, maybe 40, 50 yards right, right beyond where the dogs were on point. And... Um, <laughs> Dustin came walking in and I was like, I said, uh, Dustin, we've got, we've got a very big problem here. And I mean, they're, they are just everywhere. And half the pigs are staring at me. The other half are just milling around, eating, grubbing, not paying attention. And so, uh, Dustin said, grab the dogs. And so he came in and he grabbed his and I grabbed mine and we both led them back to the, to the side by side and, uh, put them back in his mule. And this is where it gets a little, uh, 
a little Dukes of Hazardish. He he grabs his he grabbed his AR and he got up on the high right seat and he said, "You drive as fast as you can towards those pigs, and when I bang on the roof of this thing, you stop, and I'm going to shoot." No problem, man. So I get down, put it in drive, <laughs> put it in high, and I just punch it. And I'm punching it right at the pigs. Pigs start running everywhere, and you just hear bang, bang, bang. And kept punching it again. Bang, bang, bang. I mean, we had pigs and piglets scattered <laughs> all over this pasture. They're got in this straight west. Oh man, they were going every freaking direction. I mean, there was another hunt that he and I were on, and. Uh, there was a, a Brittany that he had a buddy of his, was, his name was Ted. And, uh, we ran and we found a sow and a bunch of piglets and the sow just took off and left them. And these piglets are pretty small. And I am not kidding you. I, all my life, we had two dogs come back and retrieve like piglets in their mouth. Like they were like <laughs> tiny little, little pigs. So in, in July, we're supposed to have a national sales meeting in Dallas and one of the guys on my team, he's from Texas. He came up and he lives in Cedar Rapids now, Iowa. He knows a guy that has a farm down there, and we're supposed to go down the weekend. So we'll leave like I don't know, go down Friday the week before and hunt hog hunt out of a helicopter. Yeah. Oh, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. I've done that one time. He said it's only like six hundred bucks a person for two days. I was like, that doesn't even seem too bad. I I was I was able to do that one time. Uh, and it was on. Do y'all watch Yellowstone by any chance? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So you know the the Four Sixes Ranch that Jimmy's on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the yep. Four yep. Sixes Ranch. Uh, Ronnie Smith and Susanna Love guided uh, hunts on that ranch for years. And uh, there was okay. a there was a I don't know. It was probably three or four years ago. Ronnie asked me if I would like to come down there with him for a few days, and so. I was like, absolutely. So we went down there, and uh, they had a pilot there with a helicopter, and then we were we were guiding hunts. And I, when the family, when the folks down there really didn't didn't want to do either one, uh, the pilot would just walk up to us or the cowboys with the folks working on the ranch and say, "All right, who wants to go up in the helicopter and, and shoot pigs?" And uh, R- Ronnie looked at me and he said, "You want to go?" And I'm like. Absolutely yes. <laughs> yes. 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 And in about 45 minutes, we shot uh, 48 pigs and 12 coyotes. Dang. <laughs> what were you using for a gun? So I, I had a 12-gauge pump that had an, like, yep. an extended magazine in, so I had 10 shots. Ronnie was using the AR, and he was in the back seat. I was in the front. And um, <clears throat> the pilot, he was he was an older guy that had, had flown in a few wars, right? So this guy, he knew he knew what he was doing, and uh, he walked over to, to, and he had known Ronnie for years. They they were really good friends. He was a great guy. He was hilarious, and uh, he walked over to me and he said, "You ever been in a helicopter before?" I said, no, sir. I, I don't think I have. He said, "All right. Well, you're gonna have an oh shit moment when we take off." And I said, "Awesome." <laughs> Can't wait. And so they kind of asked me, do you get motion sick? And I'm like, well, if I'm riding like the back seat of a car, I can. And so Ronnie was like, well, you take the front seat. I'll take the back. So I get in the front seat and I've got a five gallon bucket full of shells in between my legs on this thing. Right. And (laughs) he gave us the guns to shoot and he had welded on like little, little fenders on the guns to where when they inject the shells, it dumps them in the floor instead of ejecting like hot brass on the pilot. Right. So yeah. 
we took off and he starts he starts going up and going up and going up and then he goes straight up in the air and I'm like, Oh my god and then he just sits down. And I was like, Whew and I'm thinking in my head, that's the moment he was talking about, right? No, he <laughs> drops this like twenty five feet, just boom, and then we just sit there and I'm like, <gasps> and then he just took off across across the ranch and uh I had my phone out and I was I was videoing kinda as we went. He said don't stick your phone out the window. And I said, okay. And then I looked at him and I said, why not? He goes, well, how fast do you think we're going? And we're passing over the highway and it looks like these cars are just standing still going across the highway. And I said, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, 90 miles an hour, hundred miles an hour. He goes, yeah, we're doing about 135. And I was like, oh, okay. So he Dang. took us straight across and uh, he would go to these cedar trees or draws and the, the pigs and, and the cedar trees would just look like cockroaches. And this guy, what he does also on the side is he gathers cattle with his, uh, with his helicopter. And he started dropping that thing and dropping those blades. And, and he would literally herd the pigs out into an open field. And he would almost get them running in a straight line. And then he would turn us sideways and go, Take them, boy, and you've all got the headset on, you know. Like, like you feel, you feel like real, real. Top gun over like, here. I probably look like Barney Fife up there, but it, I felt legit. He's like, guys, take them, boys, and we're just boom, boom, boom. And we're just we're shooting left and right, rolling pigs everywhere. They name you? Did they name you Pucket Fucket? No. <laughs> I was, Man, I was hurting. I had that. I had that. Uh, I had that, that shotgun, and it was. It wasn't on my shoulder because you're shooting down, and so it's on. It was on my bicep more than anything. And dude, the next day, I like look down. That thing's black and blue, and I can barely move it. Man, it, it was a blast. If you have a chance to do a helicopter hog hunt, man, you definitely. Yeah. Have to do it. So he's supposed to be planning it, and I was like, "Yeah, let's let's freaking do dude. it." So we're gonna there's there's three of us total on the team, and we're gonna go down a couple days early. And yeah. How close and, does the helicopter get to the ground? And so, man, there was there was some points I, I would I don't know I, it was hard to judge in that moment. I would say maybe fifty feet was kind of the lowest that he got. You know, he would drop us down, and he would. You know, shooting buckshot. Yeah, yeah. That's say, I don't, crazy. I can't imagine you killing it, a pig with anything it, else other than buckshot. It hurt. Let me tell you, it felt. Oof. You felt it every time you pulled the trigger. That's freaking crazy. That'd be that'd be super fun. Nick, you have to like you when mean, you go take my GoPro there, or something. <laughs> yeah. You're out there on like one of the most prestigious ranches in Texas with one of the best dog trainers in the country, and you're running dogs one day on bobs and blues, and then you're you're shooting pigs out of the helicopter the next day. It was I I, I peaked at like I, I peaked at like age thirty, I guess. I don't know. I don't know that. It <laughs> <laughs> haven't done anything fun since. I should just, yeah, I should just hang it up. Uh, uh, it was one of the best just, experiences. Just finding illegals in, in Mexico. That's all I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm just getting my stuff stolen. Las Cruces. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no, it was, that, was one of the, that was one of the coolest three or four days of my entire life. It was, it was awesome. That's freaking wild, man. And before well, the, pigs uh, aren't the only... That's crazy. Well, pigs aren't the only thing you've ran into. We were talking on the phone before about those bobcats. Oh yeah, yeah. So I had a, 
I, I haven't posted any pictures. I, I've been meaning to, to, to make a kind of a post about this. All right. So Nick hasn't heard this story. So I have not. All right. So this is like the second or third day out there, uh, in, in Arizona. Right. And, uh, we were, we went, we, we had driven way back up and, and we're up against some mountains and decided, you know, all three of us were going to go our, our separate ways. And I had uh, I had my dog Banjo and Cutter on the ground, both of both of the both of which those dogs were were in the side by side when it got stolen. And um, Banjo is is probably the biggest dog I have. And if I had to pick one yep. dog that you you probably don't want to mess with, that it's that guy. For he's the biggest and he's the baddest. And yep. um, so I had Banjo and Cutter out, and uh, we're we're running, and you know looking for blues and so we decided to drop down in this wash to to look for gambles right i i I not found a covey of gambles yet um i had already had one run with tonto where we had done uh five coveys of blues and and one run and so i decided uh i decided to turn these two guys loose so we're down in this wash and like i don't know if y'all have been to arizona but when they say a wash like it's like somebody took like uh, a load of gravel and then just spread it perfectly with a skid steer. I mean, it's, it's yep. easy walking down those washes. And so I had both of them down there. And we, I'm looking for gambles. I had not seen a covey of gambles yet. So really didn't know what exactly to look for. Uh, this was our, again, our first trip to Arizona. So I'm running both dogs and uh cutter. He's eight. He's dude. He's like the happiest go lucky dog in the world, man. You cannot find a dog with a better temperament than him. You put him on the ground every time and he, He's not going to find more dog, more birds than like your best dog, but he's just going to go do his job every time. And he's going to find you birds and it's just going to be easy. Like you could hand the, yep. you can hand the transmitter to, to literally anybody. And he's, he's the way to go. So he's out there running. So he comes in for a drink. So I, I took my, my water bottle out and I'm giving him a drink and Banjo was right behind me and he's a little, Banjo can have a mind of his own sometimes. You know, he's that dog that when you're hunting the prairie, and you look across the prairie and you're like, ah, that field is really big and I don't feel like walking it. <laughs> that you look out there five minutes later and he's just going, boom, 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 boom. And you're like, okay, no birds. Good. All right. Appreciate you. So I brought him in and I called him to me to give him some water. So he stops behind me and he never comes around to the front. And so I'm standing there and I'm, I'm giving Cutter some water. And all of a sudden I hear the nastiest most evil sounding horrible growl out of any dog that I've ever owned. And I'm like, I mean, it's, it like gave me goosebumps because I mean, like I said, he's the biggest and the baddest and I whip around and I'm like, what is happening? And he's standing there and he is just blowed up. I mean, hair on the back of his neck standing up. I mean, he was just, he's jacked just, and his teeth are out. Every single one of his teeth are out. And he is just giving <laughs> me this nasty throaty growl. And I'm thinking he's going to rip my throat out right here in this wash. And I'm, I look down at him really quick and he is looking straight up in the air. And I'm like, this dog lost his mind. What is happening? And I look up and about, 10 feet above there was a tree and about 10 feet above me there is a bobcat in this tree that is just i mean we made eye contact this thing's ears are pinned back it, there was two of them there was two bobcats in this tree one is way up high and it, i mean it was smaller and it's just kind of wrapped around the tree like i don't know what to do here and the one that was lower was like i'm gonna jump on you and i'm gonna kill you 
And I was giving the dogs water, so my guns broke open with no shells in it. And it's on my shoulder, and I'm like, I mean, I'm I was kind of frozen for a second. I'm like, oh my, like what is happening right now? And so I slowly reach down, I grab banjo, and I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, if this thing jumps, do I like try to catch it with a shotgun and throw it, and then let banjo? deal like it's three on one at this point which cutter the whole time is just tails wagging he's getting water he has no idea he's oblivious <laughs> to everything that's happening and so uh i grab banjo and we start back i start pulling him back and that thing the it was there was, there was a large one that was lower and that was the one it, it crawled through the tree and went all the way up, up the other side of the tree and jumped out of the tree like 15 20 feet into the brush and it ran off and was gone um and then the other one the the smaller one just kind of stayed up there up high in the tree and uh it was just kind of watching us so i grabbed uh i grabbed banjo and pulled him out kind of turned both dogs loose and i'm standing there videoing uh videoing the 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 smaller one kind of crawl out of the tree which was claw marks all on this tree so you could tell they they climbed up and down it quite a bit and uh I'm standing there with my phone videoing it, and my Garmin goes, and I pick it up. Both dogs are on point, like 50, 60 yards behind me, and I just hear, uh, I just hear birds flushing, and I turn around, a whole covey of gambles like exploded out of this tree while oh. videoing this bobcat. It was great. <laughs> Man, that's freaking crazy. I can't imagine. I've never come across a bobcat. Man, I've actually, I actually came across. So that was the first bobcat I've come across to uh, while I was hunting. I actually came across a mountain lion in in uh, Kansas about twelve years ago, and that was oh wow, that was terrifying. How close were you to that one? So, me and my buddy Daniel were hunting this draw, and man, there was a ton of deer in Kansas. They were piling out of this thing, and I had a short hair on the ground. Actually, Abby, my very first dog. And she's just kind of trotting through, um, you know, there was a, I mean, deer were just piling out of this thing. And all of a sudden she was running and I kind of looked to my left and it was probably, she was probably, I don't, she had kind of come in. So she was probably 20, 25 yards from me. And I just heard this scream and I look over and there's like a mountain lion coming out of the grass. And it was like the classic, like teeth bagged around. Oh, and she freaking jumped out of her skin and it, it, she scared it. It scared her and it took off running. And I had another short hair named Tucker at the time and he decided to take off after it. And I'm like <laughs> nailing him like, that is not the kitty cat you want to catch, buddy. And so yeah. I finally brought him back. But yeah, th- that's the only two times. I mean, I've obviously we come across pigs fairly frequently down in Texas, but that's the only two times yeah. I've come across anything like that. Do those those pigs uh do they like attack your dogs at all or man so i've never usually? had a hog go after uh, a hog go after one of my dogs um it was funny in arizona we ended up we ended up hunting uh, a friend of ours ranch the very last day we were there and <laughs> so philip and sammy go one way and i go the other way and it sounds like world war three going on over here and i'm like gosh dang it like these guys found the birds and i've got marie on the ground running in one direction and i just hear boom boom and whatever going on so we get back to the truck we we both circle back to the truck and i'm like well philip you find all the birds over there buddy he's like nope turned into a little bit of a rodeo and i'm like what happened and they had run into a group of javelinas 
And oh. I don't know if you know anything about javelinas. Javelinas are more aggressive than actual hogs are. They're smaller, but they are more aggressive. Um, and kind of their go-to is if one of your dogs starts to chase some javelina, there is some javelina that will actually come back and peel around and come back behind your dogs, and uh, and they'll take their tusk and, and rip their hamstrings and Achilles if they can. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they go for the back legs, yeah. Um, Ronnie Smith, uh, he, he had a super nice setter named Danny, and they had, they had ripped – his whole hamstring and I, if I remember correctly in the, in the back of his leg. And so, Dang. yeah. Yeah. That's freaking wild. So those things, My, get, uh... Philip, Philip had like, Philip had some attack, like charge him. And he's like, you know, he's got a, you know, side by or over and under and he unloaded both shells on him. And he said, well, there's a few running away with seven and a half shot in them, but uh, no, yeah. we, we lived through the whole thing. <clears throat> My wife and I, a few years got to have been seven Years ago, I believe now, we went hiking out in uh, Yellowstone National Park, Grand Tetons, tent camped all around there, and of course I had a tried to pet a I had a handgun on, I had a handgun on me and bear spray, and <clears throat> didn't see anything the whole time, and we were tent camping and whatnot. So finally, we were like, one day we were going hiking, and I was like, ah, fuck it, I'm not gonna take anything. Well, I'll be damned if we didn't run into three bear <laughs> on this fucking trail. Yeah, one we were going down, and people were coming up. <clears throat> And all of a sudden, a bear pops up out of the out of the grass, like you couldn't see him, and he was standing on his back legs, looking down. And then he dropped down. And we had no idea where he went, so we turned around and started heading back up the hill. And then uh, the other one, <clears throat> we heard something downside the hill, like we couldn't hardly see it, but we looked over, and there it was. I don't know if it was a grizzly or what it was. It, it was a bear or a black bear. It was it was brown though, so I'm guessing it was a grizzly, a baby one, because it wasn't very big, but it was right below us. My wife takes off running. I'm like, don't you fucking run, because I'm like, he sees us. I'm like, he's going to chase us down. Uh, she's like, why did, why did you bring your shit with you? Like, and if, I, I, and if he starts chasing us, honey, I can outrun you, and you're going to be the yeah, I can outrun you. I can outrun you, so hey, you're done. If I need to throw the children at him, I'll throw the <laughs> yeah, so it was. Uh, yeah, so I learned my lesson on that. I was like, Jesus. You know, the last oh, time that's... we were in Arizona, we, we actually stayed in Wilcox um, at a friend of ours. Uh, he has a ranch around that area, and we stayed. We stayed with him. I was picking up a dog for him to take back to be trained in Oklahoma. So we stayed with him, and um, the, he had a bunkhouse, which was really a, a really neat place. And then he, there were some folks that lived in this house right next to it. And so when we came back from dinner that night, uh, Philip and Sammy went inside, and I, I kind of went over and talked to them. And uh, they had they had a Great Pyrenees outside with several other dogs, and then you could hear like some hound dogs barking in the back. Um, they also had a had a pet goat that had a collar on that would just it would literally walk up to the door, and if like we didn't shut the door good enough, this goat would just ram the door open. And you would hear like this bang <laughs> and you would turn around and you're like getting out of the shower and you like look into the living room and here comes like this goat just trotting down the hall like, hey guys, what's going on? And you're like, all right, go get out. In fact, Philip thought at one point, I think he was in bed and he thought me and Sammy were jacking with him like banging on his door outside. And it, was, it was the freaking goat sleeping on like the doormat outside of his room. But uh, anyway, so we've we've gone through everything in, in Las Cruces and we, we had a day where we had a our first day that we were supposed to hunt got completely rained out. And then, uh, so we didn't get to hunt at all. We, we, we hung around the, the Airbnb that we had there and 
the, the second day we hunted Merns and, and that was interesting. We had to take, you know, the truck and trailer, you know, we took the side by side, so we didn't have to go down all these terrible roads. Well, we took the truck and trailer up there and, uh, hauling that stuff through those roads that you weren't planning on pulling them through, you know, poor Philip, you know, his truck and trailer is just getting beat to smithereens up there. Um, and then the next day we hunted and we went all the way to this back area, tried to get out and Google maps, you know, Philip's driving and I'm like, all right, Google maps shows the quickest way out of here through Onyx is all the way back out here and it'll take you to the interstate. And he, poor guy, he followed me and we had to go through a couple river bottoms and we finally got all the way out. We could literally see the blacktop, right? Like it's right in front of us. And somebody had put in a gate and chain and lock. And <laughs> when I tell you we were way, way in the back of this thing, we had to back that truck and trailer at least a half a mile to get out. Then we saw lights on in this house. And I'm like, according to Onyx, these are the people that own where the gate is. So maybe they'll let us out. Went up there. They weren't home. We had to back all the way. I mean, it, we started at 545. I think we, we tried to go eat dinner at like 850. And the restaurant oh was closed, and we ended up eating at Chili's of all places. Um, <laughs> the next day, we went out. We did one run, found some blues for a dog that Philip really wanted to get on some birds. Got back to the truck, and a, a tire was leaking out the sidewall. And the town that we were close to had no tire shops. Had to drive all the way back into Big Town and have it have the tire changed out. It was like kind of one thing after another, and so. You know, we finally get it's to like this the shittiest trip ever. I mean, it, dude, it was rough. I'm not gonna lie. There was we kind of looked at each I'm other. I'm just coming to the conclusion that I would never hunt with and you. No, I don't blame you <laughs> on this trip. I don't blame you whatsoever. And, and I'm so thankful that it was with Philip and Sammy because there's other guys that I could have been on that trip with where it would have been miserable. And at this point, all three of us are just kind of throwing our arms up and laughing, like, "What's gonna come next? Like, what else can we do?" And uh, you know, we all had a great time, but. Uh, you know, we finally get to this private ranch and this guy's like, yeah, you can stay in my bunkhouse. It's just on the other side of the mountains. And so we followed him through this pass all the way back up behind two lock gates and, and all this stuff. And we went to dinner and came back and, and, uh, we're staying there and I'm talking to this wife and her husband, uh, you know, I'm like, Hey, we're just, you know, we're just finally glad that we're in a place that we don't have to worry about stuff getting broken into, you know, we feel safe and secure here. And the husband's like, yeah. The only thing you got to worry about here is the is the bears coming out of the mountains, and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I I, I saw I had a bear on a game cam about 300 yards behind the house over there. <laughs> so Philip and Sammy, Philip and Sammy are already getting ready for bed. I walked in, I said, Philip, I got good news. Your stuff's not going to get stolen here. We're behind two gates. I said, but um, apparently there's like bear that live right in this. They like they found like this big den, and there was a bunch of bear in it, and they were. So he'd been hunting some bear with his, with his hound dogs. And Philip's like, oh, my God. I just – like, at this point, you just want to go home. Like, I'm going home, yeah, man. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was a blast. And and, New Me- and Arizona is amazing. And, and, and New Mexico, parts of New Mexico that you can hunt are great. And we found a lot of birds. And there's a lot of birds out there. But, um, you know, we all, we all talked about it. And we were like, look, this is obviously the roughest trip any of us have ever had ever and I, I don't know that it gets a whole lot worse than this but with <laughs> what not. we've learned off this first trip if we were to do this trip over like in a month from now with all the knowledge we have now like 
everything's going to go way smoother and everything's going to go yes. way better. And, you know, we're going to have a good time. So we'll, we'll definitely go back. It, it was a good trip all around. Um, yeah. Just happy. No, to that sounds like back. it. Oh, man. What's some freaking experiences, man. So Matt, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. We're just uh, right at an hour now and yeah. crazy awesome stories. Yeah. Uh, might have to have you back on because I feel like there's a lot more there's that we have more to cover. <laughs> Yeah, so, just, uh, sorry tip, about the, tip of the iceberg. The technical difficulties early. Jesus, I don't know what the. No I don't know what's going on. I'll have to figure that out. But Nick um, said that he was the beauties, and you he was the beauty, and you were supposed to be the brains. So. And the brains weren't here, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> it kind of sounds like your trip. They just wasn't there. Yeah, it, just, it is what <laughs> so, it is. You just don't yeah. make the best of it. You show yeah. up, and my computer's not working. My God. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, again, we appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks for coming on. Have a great night. Hey, no problem, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one.